0: pain and illness can become an all-consuming experience. Hi, and welcome to I Am Not My Pain podcast. I am your host, Melissa, a chronic pain sufferer for over 20 years, and I know firsthand how pain can easily take over your life and isolate you from others. But the truth is we are so much more than our pain and illness, and we are not alone. There are millions of fellow warriors on their own journey. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments they use to get through the day. I am not my pain, and neither are you welcome back to i am not my pain podcast when there is chronic pain depression anger sadness anxiety will inevitably follow managing pain day in and day out takes an enormous toll on your body and your mental health you're only human after all this roller coaster ride of emotions and pain can lead us down a path of self-isolation depression or even worse suicidal thoughts in these times we need the support of our friends and family But that too can be difficult as living with chronic illness can strain and challenge even the closest friendships and relationships. Some people do not know how to respond or how to help or can feel uncomfortable with the situation and begin to pull away. Our lives begin to look so different from our friends and healthy people that it can cause a disconnect in our relationships and lead us to self-isolate and of course become depressed. To start this important discussion, I want to introduce my incredible guest and warrior for today, Kelly Douglas. Kelly has lived with cerebral palsy since birth and has had intermittent chronic pain for over a decade now. Kelly graduated from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in 2016 with a BS in psychology and a minor in law and society. She is currently going to school to be a paralegal and is passionate about sharing her experiences, through her writing and her story. She is a contributing editor for The Mighty, the largest digital health community, and a senior editor for Unwritten, an online magazine dedicated to millennial life, and has been featured in Her Campus, Hello Giggles, Pop Sugar, just, just to name a few. She is also a community leader for The Mighty's Recovery Warriors. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I know I've told very little of your story, so I would love to
1: know more of your story and kind of the symptoms you currently manage. So my name is Kelly, and I'm 26 years old, and I was born with cerebral palsy. So that is a movement disorder, and for me, it affects the left side of my body. So basically, the connection between my brain and my left side of the body is not working. And sometimes when I move, there's pain because I'm moving in ways that I'm not used to moving, that people aren't necessarily meant to move or bend. So sometimes I notice myself moving in ways that typically human beings would not bend my, it makes my muscles on my left side stiffer than the muscles on my right side. So I'm living in a constant state of muscle contracture, which can also cause pain. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: I have, like you said, lived with chronic pain on and off for over a decade. It started when I was about 16 years old. And so sometimes I have that pain and it lasts a few days or a few weeks at a time. Then it sort of recedes and then it comes back. So I would describe my chronic pain as intermittent chronic pain situation, but I am an editor. I'm also hopefully a future paralegal. I'm in my last quarter of paralegal school right now. Mm. Um, I'm very, very excited to be done, but I'm loving it. And I would definitely consider myself someone who lives a full life, even though I do struggle with chronic pain that's incredible that you're doing all that and congratulations on almost being done with paralegal
0: school. That's exciting. So I wanted to ask, when your
1: pain is severe, how is your mental health affected? Typically, when my pain is at its most severe, my mental health plummets or sometimes it works in the reverse where my mental health is struggling and my pain ramps up. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're very much interconnected, because what I've found living with chronic pain, and even before that, just living with CP in general, is mental and physical health are so interconnected. So it's definitely something where I know that on a harder mental health day, I'm more likely to experience pain. And on a hard pain day, I'm more likely to experience worse mental health because of the toll that living in pain takes. It can Mm -hmm. make me feel anxious about what the next days will bring. Will I have more pain? It can make me fall into depression. I wish I could do more, but I'm living in pain right now, and I don't know when it's going to stop, and I have to do this for the rest of my life, kind of ruminating. Mm -hmm. It can even affect my eating disorder, I have anorexia and it's very tempting to slip into behaviors on days when I am experiencing more pain because of that frustration with my body and wanting to take out all of those feelings on my body in a negative way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I know that in my, when my pain
0: is severe, it's hard to break that loop of thought that is this ever going to stop? and the uncertainty of it, because you don't know when it's going to stop. I mean, it's just, and then you think, how long is this going to last? How much is this going to affect what I want to do? I just want the pain to stop. And it gets into that repetitive voice. And then that feeds into the anxiety of it. And that feeds into the depression. And it just piles up because how can it not? I mean, you are in, horrible physical pain, how can it not affect your mental health? But it is, you're right, the flip side of it, when I tend to be more stressed, or more worried about something, the pain can be escalated that way as well, for me. And it's just, Uh they're definitely, they're definitely linked for most people, I would, I think, you know, not everybody, because everybody's different. But, but for most people, it is there's a, a link between that. So how do you, when you're in that immense amount of pain, how do you address The challenges. How do you address those mental health challenges?
1: When I'm in a lot of pain, I definitely remind myself that it is okay to take it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I am a very busy person, especially as someone who is in paralegal school and has been for almost a year now. It sometimes can feel very overwhelming knowing that I have classes and homework and other things. And then on top of that, I have work. And at the same time, I know that I can still kind of budget my time in ways that are more gentle on my body. Mm -hmm. So I try to remind myself, it's okay to take a break, maybe watch a TV show or listen to music if I'm feeling in too much pain to do a homework assignment right now or to do a little bit of editing work right now. So typically, I do try to remind myself of that and then follow through um, with giving myself that self care time if I can, because it's such a tremendous help in terms of helping my mental health. And also, in turn, sometimes helping the pain Sometimes sitting around too much is not beneficial for my pain because it happens in my leg primarily, but sometimes in terms of the mental side of it, that's exactly what I need just to disconnect from it for a while and refocus later. If I need to take care of the pain or apply heat or something like that, I'll do that, but it's nice to kind of take a break from that.
0: Absolutely. And I find, you know, being kind to yourself, which is one of my biggest struggles. And I know I mentioned in the introduction relationships and friendships and family. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what kind of typical issues arise for you in your relationships with family and friends as a person with a chronic condition and how do they affect your mental health?
1: I think that, the thing that comes up the most for me is knowing that I'm in pain and also recognizing that it's invisible. My CP in general is pretty invisible. I don't have very visible cerebral palsy. And so that in general makes it hard because I think that if somebody is walking with an extremely visible limp or something, it's easier for people to go, Hmm, I wonder if that person's in pain because the way that they're walking looks quote unquote unnatural, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily have that same presentation. So I don't walk in a way that necessarily looks like I'm in pain. Sometimes when I'm am in extreme pain, I do kind of limp a little, but again, I Kind of almost force myself not to because I find it hard to open up about my pain. And so the biggest issue that I do face in my relationships is not just knowing that other people don't know that I'm in pain, but actively trying to decide do I want to tell them? Do I want to open up about this? And if so, how would they perceive me? Because what I've found is that sometimes Um, If I don't tell my family, for instance, that I'm in pain, they might expect me to do something that I don't necessarily feel like I can physically do to the best of my ability in that moment. And while I could never fault them for that because they don't know that I'm in pain because I didn't tell them, it is something where it is my responsibility to tell someone family members, or friends if I need to do something physical and I don't feel like I can do it because I'm in pain, I'm sore, I'm having aches, whatever it is. So it's more of an internal struggle than something that ostensibly creates a lot of friction in my relationships. Mm -hmm. But I have had times when people, family and friends, have said, hey, you know, like if you're struggling, I'm totally down to listen to you. I'd love for you to share this with me if you feel comfortable. And they're encouraging more open and honest communication about my physical state Mm -hmm. and sometimes also my mental state. And yet I believe them that they are going to be a supportive person and I still hold back. So, I can't speak for how they feel, but I think sometimes in that situation the other person could feel like why why aren't they opening up to me? Do I feel safe enough for them? Am I doing something wrong? And it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. It's my own internal perception what it means to live with pain, what it means to live with a disability in general, even what it means to live with mental illness. And so All of those things combined make me a little bit less likely to open up, and that is something that I need to work on, not necessarily something that other people need to approach differently than how they're approaching it right now.
0: Yeah. You know, for me, it was a slightly different, I've always been kind of an open book with people. I've always been pretty open with my feelings, and so when I got sick, it it was a very different experience. And I kind of felt like I probably was a little too open and it made a lot of people very uncomfortable. And so then I kind of backtracked and became very closed and it depended on the person, of course. But I also had when I did open up, sometimes I instantly regretted it because I'd have, you know, I would especially about mental health, because if I did open up about the depression and, you know, luckily mine was a situational depression, but it was turning into something more because I was so situationally depressed and they did not know um, most of my close-knit friends and family do not deal with any kind of mental health issues so it was very uncomfortable and you could tell right away they were uncomfortable and that they didn't know what to say which of course you you think about like what would I say and and I tried to put myself in their shoes but sometimes they would say things that to, it would bother me and then i never wanted to talk about it again because i was like never mind they meant nothing but good intentions like they did not come ill-intended to to make me feel uncomfortable or to make me feel bad and anyway they just didn't know how to respond to it and i know that because i know who they are as people but it was hard because it was just it was it was hard to listen And I had a lot of family members, certain people that just didn't get any of this. And so they would just be like, I just, you know, you got to just pick up yourself and keep pushing. And what, you know, what's the big problem? And I don't get it. And it felt like I had to prove that I was sick all the time, like prove it. It was always a very different experience, but you're right. A lot of the interactions were not them. It was me. It was how either I interpreted it or how I felt at the time. And it was more my communication or lack of in a lot of instances, because I did hold back. Like after I had a few bad encounters, I was like, forget this. I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm fine. So that was my answer to everything. I'm okay. I'm, I'm the same. I'm okay. And that was my standard response to anybody asking how I was. I didn't want to get into it because I thought, well, that's just going to make me feel even worse. and get me more depressed. So it's, it's interesting how we all, I mean, we all have different personalities and we all handle things so differently, but I do think you're right. Some of the way I responded was how I felt internally too about myself. And you do, I think you do start to have that disconnect with people because you are so vastly, your life can seem so vastly different than someone else's and your friends and your family it doesn't devalue it. And I think it took me a long time to recognize that, that it didn't devalue what my life was, even though it looked completely different and it may always look different. But how do you, you know, kind of bridge that disconnect you feel sometimes with your friends and loved ones, or do you? I mean, how do you feel like you can connect better?
1: I feel like just reminding myself that, I can be open and people can be kind, receptive and supportive Mm -hmm. is really important to bridging that disconnect because at the end of the day, like you mentioned, it's very internal. It's something that I have personally found that I struggle with, not as a result of what other people have or haven't done to support me, but because of my own perceptions Mm -hmm. of how they might react, or what they might do, or what steps they might take that maybe I won't care for. So I kind of put myself in an extremely negative mindset in that regard. And bridging that disconnect, the first step for me is to figure out, hey, I am finding myself thinking very negatively about this what if they respond positively? What if they want to help? I even have friends who, like me, also live with similar diagnoses, also sometimes live with chronic pain that comes back and forth like mine. And even with them, sometimes it's hard to talk about it because I want to be there for them. Even if I ask them, hey, are you having a hard pain day? I don't necessarily want to delve into my own pain if they're like, yeah, my leg is really hurting. I'm really sore today. I cannot move very well. I think that also reminding myself that I'm worthy of that support from people with similar lived experiences is so important. And has taken me a while to train myself to get out of the mindset of not opening up and Mm -hmm. creating that disconnect in the first place because I essentially spent almost a decade of my life hiding from my friends and employers and teachers and professors Mm -hmm. in educational settings that I even had cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I've been open about it now for about five and a half years. And in those past five years, it's been a process that doesn't happen overnight to really bridge that disconnect in my own mind first by saying, I am going to make a point of being open about it. I am open about it, but I've also found that I'm not open about every aspect of that. And the pain, the physical pain is one aspect that I've personally found I do not open up very easily about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can do that in certain settings. It's hard for me to do that one-on-one with people but in terms of bridging that disconnect it's a lot of reminding myself you've made this decision to open up about different parts of living with your medical condition and it's worked really well people have been so supportive and kind and maybe they will also be kind and gentle with the fact that you're living in pain absolutely
0: and i had to kind of First, I had to find like a community like you did with other people that were going through similar circumstances to kind of help me realize that I wasn't by myself because at the time, no one in my circle had chronic illness or pain or anything. You know, what other tools and things do you use to kind of help maintain good relationships and as well as good mental health while you deal with all the pain?
1: For my relationships, I just try to communicate as openly and honestly as possible while still understanding that certain times I won't necessarily want to have certain conversations and that's that's okay to leave it on the back burner for now. I don't think it's necessarily healthy for me personally to let things fester forever, but sometimes if somebody does respond to pain in a way that I really struggle with, I sometimes overthink and think about how am I going to approach this with them? Mm -hmm. And then I feel guilty about not saying it right away, not letting them know right away and being kind of a shut door in terms of communication but I always have to remind myself that this is something to communicate when I feel comfortable. It's my responsibility to communicate it. It's also something that doesn't have to be this immediate thing, especially if things are already tense or I'm struggling with other things in my life, it's not something that I need to necessarily communicate right away. Thankfully, there have not been a lot of those experiences. People have been extremely open and supportive. One tool that I use very frequently in terms of my relationships is reframing what other people could be thinking about me because it's so, so tempting to think if I open up about my pain, they're going to react like this and go down that extremely deep rabbit hole forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that kind of time in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of energy because I have to conserve it in the first place because of pain, because of my mental health. And so it's not productive for me to think they are going to judge me, they are going to leave, they're going to walk away. None of that stuff is productive in terms of thinking about how other people might react to a hypothetical that I haven't even told them yet. Mm -hmm. And so I try to reframe about what if this goes well? What if I tell someone that I'm in pain today, for instance, and they say, I'm really sorry to hear that. I hope you're feeling better. I hope you feel a little bit better soon. Is there anything I can do? How can I support you? That's a great response. And that's a lot of the response that I do get when I do open up. People I've found in my life personally, they want to be supported. And I'm very lucky to have that in my life. I'm fortunate that that's the case for me, but it's kind of helped me realize that my thoughts regarding opening up about pain and other symptoms and the effects that pain has on my mental health and vice versa, that it's something where I really, really can have a positive experience. And so... I definitely keep that in mind. In terms of dealing with the effects of pain on my mental health, Mm -hmm. as opposed to speaking up about pain in my relationships, I think that for me, like I mentioned earlier, self care is so important to me, taking time for myself, making sure that my body has what it needs eating because unfortunately on days when my eating disorder is very symptomatic, my body's not necessarily maybe getting fueled the way that it needs to get fueled. And that can exacerbate pain because I already have not enough energy Mm -hmm. as a result of not enough sustenance. So the tools there do look a little bit different. They're more tangible, I'd say, Mm -hmm. in terms of the actual actions that I'm taking, but in terms of dealing with the side of pain that involves other people supporting me and really letting them in, it's basically just communication skills and being willing to be open um, and being receptive to however they respond and accepting it and saying, I am... I am okay with this response, or maybe I'm not. And that just requires some more communication. But usually it's a situation where I think, hey, that actually went pretty well. So I am fortunate that that's the case. But those are the tools they typically use to manage not just the relationship aspect of Mm -hmm. coping with my pain, but also coping with the mental health effects that it can cause.
0: Totally. And you know I find that when the pain is bad and in consecutive days and things like that, you know what what happens for me? because when I'm in pain, I lay down because I have to, I mean, I can't move. And all I have is time, time to think about the pain, time to think about my thoughts. And it just the stories and the things that I perpetuate in my brain again and again and again. It's very difficult to break, because I'm already sad and I'm already frustrated and anxious about the pain. And then that uncertainty goes throws in there and my mental health just goes a little haywire. So it definitely is so helpful to kind of take that moment like you do and and stop and reframe what you're saying. And, And that's not easy what are some tips you would offer to family and friends, you know, about supporting their disabled or chronically ill loved one? Because I know a lot of people out here are listening that do not have chronic illness and, you know, they want to support, but they don't know
1: what to say. Definitely, that makes a lot of sense. It's something I've also written about. And also if you are not disabled or chronically ill and you're listening to this, yay, Yes. I'm personally really happy you're here because it really is important and it's a great step to want to know more about different situations and um, body sensations and things that your loved one might be feeling and coping with and also understanding how their mental health might be impacted. I definitely say listen to your loved one because that's Number one, they are mm-hmm. the best judge of what they need because it's their body and it's them who's learning to live with pain or illness or a disability. And if it's a situation like mine where they've lived technically with a disability for their entire life, they've probably mastered what they can and cannot do they probably know situationally how their body will react to certain things. And so it's so important to trust them when they say, I can try, but I really don't think I'm going to be able to meet up with you today. Or I really can't go on a walk with you right now. I'm so sorry. Or Can I do this task for you that you asked me to do today just a little bit later and see if my pain subsides first? Because honestly, they are the best judge of what's going on in their body. And also along those lines, asking specifically how you can support them is great because you might not know, or you might, you Mm -hmm. might assume that they need a certain thing to cope with their pain or a certain mindset from you. And maybe they're seeking out something completely different. You can't read their mind and they can't read your mind, but you can help bridge that gap by reaching out to them and saying, how can I support you? Sometimes people with Disabilities and chronic illnesses are put in positions where they themselves have to do a lot of that emotional lifting and say, Hey, you know, I'd like it if you support me like this. And it can be hard sometimes to initiate those conversations um, because, as somebody with a chronic illness or a disability, you might be wondering, Am I coming across as demanding? Reaching out to them as a loved one and asking how you can best support them. Alleviate some of that and makes it extremely reciprocal and a two-way street. And of course, um, any way that you can help tangibly or intangibly is great if they ask for it. Um, if you have an idea of how you can possibly help your loved one or something that you personally think could alleviate their pain, Uh, please bring it up to them before you go ahead and do it. They might be fine on a certain day and be able to carry in their groceries. And maybe another day, perhaps they're struggling to do the same thing because a lot of times disability and chronic illness is not something that looks the same every single day, even if it is non-progressive like my condition is. Mm -hmm. There is maybe a baseline, but it looks a little bit different and abilities do vary day to day. So it's important to be mindful of that, too, and really only help in ways that your loved one would want to help you. So initiating that communication would be great. And if they initiate it, that's wonderful. But please be mindful of what they're saying. Listen and try to do your best to see how you can fit into the type of support that they need um, so that they feel the most comfortable in terms of coping with their pain symptoms and coping with the mental health effects of it. And in terms of the mental health side, I think it's also important to recognize that everybody copes with mental health struggles differently. Some people prefer to isolate when they're dealing with depression or anxiety, And some people prefer that you contact them. I wouldn't necessarily stop reaching out to a loved one if they're isolated, but that's another point when it's important to say, how can I support you when you are in intense pain and you're experiencing depression and you sort of go off the grid a little bit? Or how can I support you when you're in pain and it's making you anxious or it's affecting your symptoms of a mental health condition? So that's something to keep in mind as well. But honestly, the fact that you do have good intentions speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And I think that even if you can't get everything absolutely perfectly to the T the way your loved one needs, I do think that your intent will shine through as long as you are doing it out of a sense of love. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, and you're willing and open to learn. So thank you so much for that. Take a special person to want to really
0: understand and grasp what, what it's like. We're living in a different world in a sense that we have to look at our world as a balancing act. And okay, well, we have only so much energy for this, and we've got to rest now. And and it's just a very different perspective than go, 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 and what everybody can do as a healthy person. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. This was great. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me on and also for doing all of that there is a lot that goes into doing a podcast
0: there is but i'm enjoying it and it's definitely a cause that i want to fight for and want to speak about because i think it's so important yeah and if you guys want to follow kelly douglas on instagram she's at kelly christine three 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 and that's kelly k-e-l-l-y christine is c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e three, 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 or on Twitter at Kelly, K E L L Y writes three, three, three. And I will also have it in the episode description so that if everybody needs it, it's there as well. Thank you again for coming on and talking about all these wonderful things and issues and your perspective on it. I think it's, it's great. And thank you so much for all my listeners, uh, for tuning in and I hope you tune in next week. When we talk to another amazing warrior and remember you are not alone and you are not your pain like the show please subscribe and leave a review or do you want to be a guest simply email not my pain at hero again that is not my pain at heroes h-e-r-o-e-s circle, dot org, your story matters and we look forward to hearing from you
1: hi this is keith i am a martial arts therapist at the hero circle a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking cancer would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at hero circle.org forward slash meditations to learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes visit our website at hero circle.org from all of us at the hero circle we wish you a wonderful day power peace purpose